One little act of kindness can go a long, long way. Two little acts of kindness can brighten anyone's day. Three little acts of kindness can make a beautiful sound. Many acts of kindness help the world go round. Hi, and welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features folks from all walks of life telling us stories from their childhood and how those stories impacted them as an adult. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that were sometimes good and sometimes not so good. But all of them, I'd like to think, have helped make me who I am today. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic, I've Got Peace in My Fingers, available on Amazon.com and all quality independent bookstores. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. Your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren will appreciate it. It's free. That's LaughSaver.com. Go there now and record your laughter. Today, I have as my guest, Timothy Troy. Timothy is a filmmaker living and working in Chicago. He works both the crew side for an NBC television show, and he directs his own short films as well. Tim is a husband and a father of two young children. He's also a former student of mine from Whitney Young, and it was great to catch up with him. How are you doing, Timothy? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a very busy man, and uh, it's just it's just good to reconnect. So are you ready to tell your story, Timothy? Your thing. All right. So my story is, is in theory, it's about baseball. Uh, it's a little more than that, which I think you'll get to when you ask me your question at the end. But uh, it starts when I'm 15 or 14 in the, the summer between sophomore and junior year of high school. A little background is that I had never been athletic at all in all of my life. I never tried out for sports. I never did anything even remotely like that. And I never really showed much of an interest in sports either. And one day my mom comes up and she says, you know, I'm going to take your brother up to a Cubs game. Do you want to come with? And my brother was a huge sports fan. He'd been into sports ever since he started moving. Basically, he was into that thing in typical sibling fashion, he and I are completely opposite. We, we go in different directions on just about anything you can think of. Well, you know, I could have stayed at home and just watched movies or whatever, which is what I did most of my time. But for whatever reason that day, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go with. And we got up to Wrigley. And like I said, I'd never, never seen, a, I'd never been in a baseball stadium. I'd never really had any kind of experience with it before. And mom had gotten tickets for the field boxes like the first rows so when you come up into Wrigley instead of like going up through all the stairs to the upper deck or something we just walked up one little flight of stairs and the first thing you see is the ivy and just this gorgeous gorgeous stadium and I fell in love it was it was like a light switch went on it was like oh this is just this is just wonderful. It was magic. It was like something out of a movie. Like you could stage that scene just perfectly and see 
the, I wish I had a camera on my face to see what had dawned on me when that had happened. Cause it's that moment was truly magical. And from that moment on, I was a Cubs fan. I'm still a Cubs fan today, even though, you know, there's some stuff with the Ricketts that we won't get into, but I, I remain a Cubs fan to this day. I still like baseball. It's still the sport that is most close near and dear to my heart. And the thing is, this is like, this is all the background because what happened next was Tim Troy, who had never been interested in sports at all, took this one trip to Wrigley Field as inspiration. And that year in high school, I decided I was going to try out for the baseball team. Never picked up a baseball bat before other than, you know, like gym class in school. Talked to the coach and said, yeah, you can try out. There's, you know, tryouts are in the spring. So or the tryouts were, were coming up in, in a few months. And he said, you can certainly come try out. We've got no problem with that. He said, you can even do the conditioning in the, the months leading up to it with the team. So, you know, do your weightlifting and your training and you're running around and get yourself in shape for it. I was like, this is great. So I spent months with these guys that had played baseball for years and years and years. And they all were in much better shape than me. You know, I was, I was a chubby kid. And so this was also part of the time when I was like growing taller. I was going through puberty. I weighed the same basically in eighth grade all the way up till high school. But I shot up like six inches in a couple of years. So I, I got taller, I got skinnier and I got myself not in great shape, but at least I, you know, I got in a little bit of decent shape as I was doing all this weightlifting and physical training, which was something else that I'd never done before. So it was a, it was a really neat experience doing that. It was neat doing it with the other guys. They were very welcoming. You know, they, they kind of looked at me sideways sometimes because there's this nerdy guy that's trying to do weightlifting and trying to do baseball and trying to learn a bunch of skills that he's never had before. And so long story short, I go through all the conditioning and we go through the tryouts and I did not make the team. I completely failed. There was, there was no chance I was making that team because there was, you know, I'm competing, I'm competing against people that have been doing this for years and I just wasn't up to it. And it, it was a bit of a disappointment, right? Like I had built myself up to like, okay, well this, you know, there's, there's this arc to this, right? Like, okay, so you go to Wrigley and you enjoy this and it changes your outlook on something. And so it motivates you to do this thing. And then, you know, the, the classic story is that, okay, you're going to make the team and then you're going to play baseball and that's going to be a, a new part of your life. And I didn't. And I remember being disappointed with it. And I talked to my mom a little bit about it in preparation for this. And she was like, yeah, you were, you were kind of wrecked about it. You were, you were not happy. But what did happen was instead of being on the team, I don't remember if it was my suggestion or if it might've been coach Cassidy's suggestion, but they said, well, why don't you come be the manager, right? Why don't you keep the books for us? You still get a uniform. You still get to come out with the team. You go to all the games. You can still be a part of this world, even if you're not playing on the field. And I thought about that. And I thought that, you know, that actually kind of works for me because it's, it's analytical. It's studying the game. It's being, it suited my interests and my abilities and I could still participate. And so I said, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, and I ended up spending two years doing that for the baseball team. And it was, that was a really good experience for me too. I, I really enjoyed having that time as part of the team and learning a different side of, of baseball that way. And it got me more interested and more knowledgeable about the game. So that's kind of my story. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you made the team, but 
<laughs> Me too. Glad you got to be part of the manager. Glad the coach was smart enough to offer you that job and you were smart enough to take it. Yeah, that's great. All right. I appreciate that. So can you tell me, uh, Timothy, how do you think that experience has impacted? How, how, how have you carried that with you as an adult? So, you know, I learned a, a lot of things from that, I think, and a lot of stuff you only learn in retrospect. One was just the, the experience of actually trying to do something physical and working out and, you know, like physical conditioning that's something that I can carry forward and at least have a knowledge of, you know, if I need to go work out now or if I'm, if I need to get myself back in shape or, or just take care of your body, that was a, a neat thing to learn. But on a more psychological sense, you know, I learned the way to make the best of a situation. I think people don't talk about it much, but I think you actually do need to fail at things in life too. You know, like you need to, to not succeed at something in order to learn how to pivot how to make better choices or just how to make choices that are more appropriate for you, I think is the right way to say that. Yeah. Let me, I think if you fail, you learn how to make choices that are right for you when the first choices might not have been. And you learn how to deal with disappointment, right? It's all of those things factored into this experience for me. And I, I think I've taken them forward in a lot of different ways. I love it. So let me ask you uh, one question. I usually don't ask follow-ups, but one other question. I, I think uh, you told me you have a couple of kids. How yeah. soon are you going to take them to Wrigley Field, do you think? You know, I've been thinking about that in in preparation for this interview. And I, I think maybe next year I could take Addie. She's my daughter. She's three right now. And maybe she might sit still for a game next year. She's a little young for it now. But my one-year-old definitely, he doesn't sit still for anything. So... He's got a little ways, but I think in the next couple of years, I would, I would do it. I need to start watching some more baseball on TV. It's, it's been tough since Cubs went to the marquee network and you can't actually watch it without, you know, having the special apps and everything, but maybe next year we'll, we'll cough up the money for it and have some Cubs on the, the TV for them to watch and get acclimated that way too. Yeah. Well, Ricketts makes money on that. So you might want to think about that one too. Yeah, but... I know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just borrow somebody's password or something. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Timothy. I really appreciate it telling your story. You look like you're doing well. I'm glad to know that uh, everything's worked out for you so far. Yeah. Just as an aside, you were a former student of mine. From uh, What year did you graduate? I graduated 2001. Holy smokes. I, <laughs> I can't believe that. I know. 2001? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, well, you look great. Thank you. And, uh, you look a lot younger than that. And it, I would have said 10 years, but it's 20. Okay. Thank you again, Timothy, for coming on our show. We really do appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Um, if anybody wants to check out my stuff, you can find my films on YouTube at YouTube slash crazy little monster. I do. I, you know, I've seen some of your movies and I really, really enjoy them. And, and they're, what I really like about them is, is that there's an arc that's easy to easy enough to follow, and they're relatively short movies. Is that right? I mean, what's your longest movie? Uh, longest movie I've made so far is called Abby. It's uh, nine and a half minutes. So I'm trying to work up to doing a feature. I've got a script I'm kicking around with somebody, so that that's in the the planning. It's the next step for me. But until then, yeah, just keep making shorts because they're fun. We're doing actually a bunch of short films that. We're going to start releasing on Halloween this year. Pretty much everything I do is horror or, or sci-fi. We're going to start a series of them that are about a, a minute long each. 
maybe two minutes tops. And they're all just going to be quick, fun, little short horror films. Love it. I got to tell you, my um, thesis is that uh, people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And so I think one minute, two minute movies are the future, personally. But that's what do I know? But thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, that's our show. I'd like to thank Timothy again for spending a little time with us and telling us the story. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Sidelining Publishing and LapSaver.com. And of course, I appreciate all of you, our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to sign off now with Susan Salador's classic, One Little Act of Kindness. So until next time, stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody. One little act of kindness can go a long, long way. Two little acts of kindness can brighten anyone's day. Three little acts of kindness can make a beautiful sound. Many acts of kindness help the world go round. One little loving word can go a long, long way. Can brighten anyone's day Three little loving words Can make a beautiful sound Many loving words Help the world go round One little seed sown Can go a long, long way Yes.